Welcome to the Living Joyfully Podcast, where we talk about the intricacies of being in relationship with the people in our lives. Let's dig deep, challenge paradigms, choose connection, and live joyfully. Hello, and welcome to the Living Joyfully Podcast. Navigating relationships can sometimes be challenging because people are so different. Thanks for joining us as we dive into tools, strategies, and paradigm shifts to help you decrease conflict and increase connection in your most important relationships. If you're new to the podcast, we encourage you to go back and listen from the beginning, particularly the episodes in our introductory foundation series. If you want to dive deeper, we also have courses and coaching, which you can explore in our Living Joyfully shop. Follow the link in the show notes or go to livingjoyfullyshop.com. And if you've been listening to and enjoying the podcast for a while, we'd love it if you could take a moment to leave a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. They can really help encourage people to take a chance and listen to the show. So this episode is part of our parenting series, and we're going to be diving into the ideas of punishments, rewards, and autonomy and how they weave together. And while we're talking about this in the context of parenting, it's equally valuable when it comes to any relationships. So let's start with the bigger picture of autonomy. And so that we're starting on the same page, I see personal or individual autonomy just as the freedom to make choices and pursue a chosen course of action. So fundamentally, it's how human beings learn by making choices and seeing how they unfold. Sometimes things go smoothly, unfolding how we anticipated, and sometimes they go completely sideways. And most times it's somewhere in between the two. (laughs) But each time we learn something, maybe it's about the choice itself. Maybe it's about the execution. Maybe it's about the environment. Maybe it's about ourselves. The list is vast. Yet when we've made the choice, we're learning something meaningful or at least useful to us. And that's at all ages, kids included. So when someone else makes the choices for us, which often happens for kids, so choices like what they can do and what they eat and who they play with and what they wear and when they sleep, they learn different things. They learn less about themselves, their likes and dislikes, how their body likes to be fueled, how they like to express themselves, how they like to explore the world, how they prefer to engage with others, and more about their parents' expectations. So maybe they feel the rub and bristle at the line or limit their parents hold for them, but certainly when they're younger, they aren't able to explore where they might draw that line for themselves. So what is their personal comfort zone around the thing? When we don't get to make lots of choices as we go about our days, we don't learn a lot about ourselves, adults or children alike, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And really excited that we're talking about this because I think it's something that doesn't get a lot of play in parenting circles. You know, autonomy is such a critical piece of our human experience. And like you said, it really is where the learning happens. You know, understanding ourselves and our body is so important to our overall life satisfaction, yet we systematically disconnect kids from this inner knowing at a very young age. For most kids, life is a series of expectations, when to eat, when to sleep, what to learn, how to learn it. 
And, and so I agree the learning that actually is happening is how do I please the people around me and do what is expected. And we learn this because it's how I survive and how I get love. And, you know, you will have those personalities that will buck against it, but those personalities are often maligned and made to feel that there's something wrong with them when it's much more about the environment not being a fit than it is that there's something wrong with that particular child. And I want to say that, you know, just to understand that often the guidance given by adults comes from a place of love and protection. You know, we want the best for our kids. We want to protect them. We want them to learn things that we think will help them in life. But it doesn't take much examination to recognize that this is just not how humans learn. You know, how many of us have had a well-meaning parent or spouse tell us, that we should be doing something this way, or this is how it's done, or this is what's best for you. And how often did that leave us feeling disconnected from that person, misunderstood, and sometimes even just irritated at the suggestion. But, you know, we can offer our best information as part of what they take in to make their choice. You know, understanding how different everyone is and that they may move through situations in ways that sometimes don't even make sense to us, that's the path to honoring each person in our lives as individuals. We can share and we can leave space for it to unfold in a different way for the person in our lives. And when we have an agenda, and I think especially when we punish someone, as is often the case for children, for not meeting our expectations or following with our agenda, it is a huge blow to learning and autonomy and really often the relationship as a whole. Oh yeah, it really, really is. And I want to talk more about punishments because while obviously affecting autonomy, they also don't often teach the lesson that parents really are out of love trying to impart, right? The obvious impact on autonomy is that a punishment is designed to control the other person's and most often a child's choices. Things like, if you do this thing I don't want you to do, I'll punish you by making you do a thing you don't want to do, like go to your room. Or if you don't do this thing I want you to do, I'll take away a thing that you want to do, like taking away access to your tech device of choice. And in that way, it can seem a little bit of tit for tat, right? The thinking seems to be that trying to relate the punishment with the crime somehow makes the punishment more effective while also giving the child time to think about what they've done. Yeah, in my experience, bringing punishment into the mix quickly focuses the conversation on the punishment, right? The details of the punishment, what, how long, whether it feels fair, and the execution, you know, go to your room, give me your tablet, and so on. And then next, there's the whole stage of policing the punishment, right? Making sure they stay in their room, hiding the tablet so they don't find it, and responding to the child's pleas to end the punishment early. That focus shift to the punishment actually means that most of the child's learning is about how to navigate punishments, not just the pleading, but how not to get caught next time or having learned what the parent didn't like, concocting a story that they hope will help them avoid punishment next time. Just see, I mean, and just go back. <laughs> see how very little of the child's thoughts and learning are focused on the choice and the action that sparked all of this in the first place. So what if, 
Instead of jumping to punishment, the parent engaged in a conversation with the child, getting curious about what they were trying to accomplish and why, talking about the context of their choice, you know, sharing the pieces that it seems they hadn't considered when they made their choice, and about how things unfolded. Is this actually what they were expecting to happen? That is where so much rich and valuable learning lies, you know? (laughs) Oh my goodness, yes, 100%. (laughs) There is so much learning lost with punishment. You know, it shifts the focus from what was done to the parent or person who's punishing. When they're in their room, they aren't thinking about the actions that got them there. They're thinking about the person who put them there. And, you know, let's say even with an extreme example of a child or a teen, you know, doing something that harms another person, you know, then the punishment is to take away their device or let's say take away their car. If we're talking about a teen, the focus of the child is now on the fact that their car has been taken away and all of the problems that will cause them. They most likely will be angry at the person who is wielding this kind of power over them. If instead, like you were talking about, we have a conversation about what happened and empower and even help them to make amends, they feel supported and connected and are learning how to repair after a mistake. And that is a skill that will serve them in every personal and professional relationship that they have, because we will always make mistakes. Humans make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes hurt other people. And I wanted my kids to feel my support. I know we all make mistakes and I know I'd walk and they, I wanted them to know that I'd walk through the repair with them. You know, my priority is always going to be our connection because it's from that place of connection that we can navigate the tough stuff that life throws our way. The minute you choose power and punishment over another person, you have lost them. They may physically be there, but they do not feel connected, supported, or understood. You know, life is going to throw a lot of curveballs at everyone. Learning how to stay connected through the tough stuff just makes things so much easier. And, you know, if we find our ourselves reaching for punishment as a tool to control situations, you know, we can just see it as a red flag, as a sign to step back and see where maybe we're feeling pinched or where we're feeling controlled. Because so often when we're feeling control that we then clamp down on those around us. But recognizing that we can turn to identifying our own underlying needs and begin to address them. We can look to the broader context, you know, are we feeling under-resourced? Are we feeling a bit disconnected? You know, what's happening contextually for us and for our children? Because to me, it's just really interesting to think about because punishment isn't a tool we use in adult relationships. You know, power over is not a healthy dynamic in any relationship. So why not start learning the skills of communication and understanding with our kids? Those are the skills they will need. So let's spend our life practicing them together. Oh, and I just want to highlight what one of the things, many things that you said there, but that piece that when we find ourselves reaching for control, like with enthusiasm, yes, so often it's worth taking a moment to just ask, are there places in my life where I'm feeling a little out of control, where I'm feeling like someone else is controlling me? Because it's like that energy, I can be shifting and turning outward So it's like, okay, I don't feel like I have a lot of control here. I want to 
get back that feeling of control and maybe in a completely different way, but these are all my emotions, right? So they're balancing out on me. If I don't have it here, I'm going to bring it here. So that is always something, you know, that is interesting to look out for when we're feeling that pull to punish, right? To punish and control. We get when that punishment is such a well-used tool in our parenting toolbox, you know, that is the process yeah. that kids learn for navigating conflict, for navigating these kinds of situations, and will be what they reach for, as you mentioned, in adult relationships. So no, they can't send an adult friend to their room or take away their phone. But, you know, as I was thinking about it, they do kind of try other versions of that, you know, the silent treatment, which ignores someone like they're not there, you know, and communicating, I'm mad at you, and don't like what you did. But it's kind of like they've been sent to their room and you're out of my life. I'm just going to ignore you. Like there are so many not healthy relationship tools that adults use that are kind of versions of, of the punishment. Like how can I punish this person in my life without being able to literally send them to their room? Right. It's that blame default matrix just carries over and it's so destructive to personal relationships. Exactly. So definitely we want to learn different tools growing up. And what I would love to do too is touch on rewards because at first we can wonder, wow, rewards are positive things. How on earth could they affect a person's autonomy and learning? But that's the thing. Rewards are directly related to a thing a person or child is doing. And it's natural for us to reward the things we like and ignore the things that we're indifferent about. Even if we're not punishing the choices they're making that we don't like, when rewards are in the mix, they still get the message. And many Mm -hmm. kids want to please their parents, right? They're going to pick up on those subtle cues that making this choice and doing this thing makes my parents happy with me, so I should do more of it. And conversely, noticing the choices they make that aren't rewarded. So they may start to choose to avoid those things or to do them out of sight so as not to feel judged even by the parent's indifference, right? And at first, we might think that's great. It's a way to avoid outright punishments while still managing to manipulate our child's choices in the direction that we as parents believe are better. (laughs) But again, Let's take a closer look at what they're learning and how this approach might unfold over the years. So the priority becomes learning the choices the parents do and don't like. Wanting to please their parents, kids can find themselves making choices that, while they are regularly rewarded for them, they don't particularly enjoy. And I know we've all heard many stories of kids that are talented in a particular area who grew up with the rewards and the expectations of excelling in that sport or that skill, only to burn out in adulthood and needing to basically build a new life. You know, see how the child's autonomy can be subtly but impactfully overwritten. If the child themselves loves the activity, they don't need regular external rewards to keep going, right? Sure, We definitely, definitely want to celebrate the accomplishments along the way that they are keen to celebrate, right? That's the difference. I feel like celebrations are so different from rewards. A celebration is focused on the child's wishes, while a reward is based on the parent's wishes. 
And just that perspective shift alone makes a world of difference, doesn't it? (laughs) It really does. And I think you're right. Like that celebrating, we're celebrating their experience, what they're loving about something, what they're bringing to us versus the reward is this like reach this point and you're going to get this, you know, which is so external, you know, just the complete opposite of, you know, really doing something from inside your heart and what feels good to you. And I mean, Oh, absolutely. To me, you know, rewards really are just the flip side of the whole manipulation control coin, you know, and I think our invitation today is just to consider why, you know, why do we need to control another person? I think one of my big growth areas years ago that took me some time was understanding that I do not know what's best for another person, not my spouse, not my kids. You know, I know what's best for me most of the time, sometimes I still have to figure that out, but that's it. Just me. (laughs) I can only know what's best for me. And again, I can share the things that I've learned along the way. You know, I have made choices that I've made. What happened when things went sideways for me and what I learned from that, you know, that's all super interesting information for somebody to have, but it doesn't mean that the same choice will end in the same way for them. And it doesn't mean what works best for me will work best for them. And rewards are interesting because they do create this very external focus that I think can really disconnect us with what we truly want, what has meaning for us. And like you said, if you grow up in a reward environment, it is crystal clear what is being considered good and what is being considered bad. And kids learn what is needed to get the approval of their parents because, again, there's an innate survival mechanism at play. You know, and my sincere hope was to empower my kids to listen to their bodies and their own inner voice, to cultivate a connection with their own unique knowing and any type of control I would throw in there, be it with rewards or punishments, just serve to cut them off from that knowing. And I think many of us can think back and see how we've had to relearn how to listen to our inner voice and to our body over the years, you know, and we've spent many years navigating systems and many times family dynamics as well that wanted to control our decisions and tell us what we wanted and what we should do or even who we should be. And it is a process to figure out what we actually want, the person we want to be, and to separate those from all of those outside voices. And there is a different way, and it fosters the inner knowing in our children. You know, kids are amazing and so capable. They have very clear ideas of what they want, and there really are reasons behind it. As we stay connected and have conversations and learn more about them, we start to understand their choices. We start to really see it through their eyes. And as we share our needs and hear theirs, then we can start working together to meet all the needs. This isn't about handing control of the family over to children. It's not about control at all. It's about everyone having autonomy over their life and time and working together to navigate being in relationship with one another. And again, I will just say, you know, does those skills throughout childhood, you know, I see it in my adult daughters all the time and get feedback from those in their lives who also see that difference because they've already had, you know, two decades of, of living this way. Oh, yeah. You know, that's something I just keep saying over and over and over. Kids are so capable. Kids have reasons for the things they do. 
kids are making choices with bringing together like all they they know what their experience has been so far and they're just trying something out right anyway so i think that's so fascinating people can off parents can be really worried they'll never make the the right choice and but as you mentioned when you see through their eyes you can see why this seemed to be a reasonable choice or a thing that they wanted to do However, it unfolds. <laughs> you can see why they went in that direction. It's it's fascinating and they are so capable. And I love- But again, even if it goes sideways, I'm sorry, even if it goes sideways, if we're staying connected to them, then we can talk about that learning. Like that's what, when we're disconnected, we're not able to have those conversations about, whoa, that went sideways. What do I want to do differently next time? Because they're worried about being punished or they're worried about us, you know, not being connected to them. And so it's just, it's such a lost opportunity when we use those tools of control versus connection. It's a lost opportunity, not only of learning for everyone, it's that lost opportunity for connection, right? The connection you feel when you're being supported by someone that you love, someone in your life who is with you when the things go sideways, where, you know, we're not worried about punishments being meted out or rewards being withheld, but we're just all there in the mess in the moment and figuring out, you know, how we want to move through it. Right. And just life will give us lots of experiences in that way. And we will learn so much about each other and the ways that we want to move through it or the ways that are helpful for us to process and move through it and so on. So, you know, it is just, so much is lost when we, when we jump to punishments. And because that, like we've been talking about this whole episode, basically that's where um, everything goes. That's where the focus goes. That's where the conversation goes. That's where the learning goes, you know, all those pieces. So anyway, weaving together these ideas of rewards and punishments and autonomy, I, I, really enjoy doing that because I think it gives us such a richer picture of how children can learn so much about themselves and how they choose to engage with their world. It's fascinating to ponder the often unintended impact of both punishments and rewards and how they can impinge on a child's autonomy. So here are some questions to ponder this week around these ideas. So number one, think back to when you were a child. Did you get to make many choices about your days? And if so, how did it feel? Did you feel empowered? Did you feel trusted? If not, how did it feel? Was it frustrating? Did it feel like you weren't trusted to make good choices? And who got to define good? <laughs> That's another big piece. Question two, were you punished as a child? If so, how did it feel? How did it play out for you? Did you spend your punishment time contemplating your crime or being angry with the person who set the punishment, feeling it was unfair? Maybe you didn't get a chance to explain, you know, your perspective. Over time, did you absorb the message that you were a bad person in general for getting in trouble? Were you more likely to continue the crime 
but hide it from your parents, right? Question three, did your parents reward you pretty regularly growing up? If so, looking back, does it feel like they were trying to use rewards to control your behavior or your choices? Did you find that the rewards influenced your behavior or choices at the time? What, if any, impact did that have on you as an adult? That's so interesting. <laughs> and number four, I definitely find it so interesting to consider the relationship between a child's autonomy and their learning about themselves as a human being. So I encourage you to take a couple of minutes to start brainstorming a list of the things you can imagine a child learning through making choices and just seeing how things unfold. And I do think once you get the ball rolling, it may well be hard to stop. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think that will be a lot of fun. And it just, again, it gets us back to that open and curious mindset, right? It's just like, you know what, let's just open things up and put on a new lens and just try things out. And let's just see, see what we discover. Right. Because so often what got us to the place of wanting to control and punish is just that's what we knew, you know, and so just trying some new ideas and see how it impacts your relationship, see how it impacts just your life satisfaction, like see how you all are learning new skills. I, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun too. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you being here with us as we explore ways to improve our relationships and understand ourselves better. You can find us on Instagram at Living Joyfully Podcast and join us again next time as we dig deep, challenge paradigms, choose connection, and live joyfully.